1: Hello, and welcome to Decorating Pages. I'm your host, Kim Wanup. Happy holidays. Look at that. We're, we're already deep into almost Christmas, right? We survived Thanksgiving. At least I did. Traveling. Uh, I've been sick and my kids have been sick for like over a month. That's awesome. And um, we are just in the middle of, I think, a fantastic Oscar season. I don't feel like I've been really um excited about movies and Oscar season in the past couple of years and I think this year uh everything I don't know there's just so much good stuff out there. I've been really lucky. I've been able to see some films early so that I'm able to talk to some of the designers and set decorators. I saw Napoleon like I think early October Sony set up a screening but they didn't want me to talk about it yet, and it wasn't out, and then um, I, I I was blown away that I actually got to talk to Arthur Max, last week and set decorator Ellie Griff. Ugh. I mean, I only got a half hour with them, so that'll be, I think, next week I'm going to put that out for you. It was exciting for me, and I might have dorked out a little bit, So, um, but we did get to talk Napoleon, which is a phenomenal film. the the battle scenes and these the castles and the the textures that they talk about and the use of their palette and, and and the research it's really a fantastic looking film so bravo to them um what else have i seen oh i saw i saw maestro the other night and i think it looks fantastic um i know that the um the set decorator is Rena D'Angelo, who I'm a huge fan of. And the designer is Kevin Thompson. And, um, I think it looks fantastic. I love that the half of the film is kind of black and white and the other is in color. So you get that distinction in the design and the decor. Um, the, the story I think is fantastic. And I absolutely think that the makeup is phenomenal. Um... Ah, The makeup on Bradley Cooper, making him old, the neck, the hands, it all is just really good. I got to say bravo to the makeup department in that film. The story is great. I have a little bit of a trouble with like one little spot, but whatever. I thought it was a fantastic film. And I learned, you know, about Leonard Bernstein. I think it's a a really good biopic. Bravo to Bradley Cooper and go birds. And he was right in choosing the Eagles winning a Super Bowl over an Oscar win. He's right. That's how it should be. My blood runs green. That's how I want it. So I have no problem with him picking Eagles Super Bowl over uh, an Oscar win for him. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but yeah, and also I have released um, the film study for 1955 with Steven Olson, production designer there was two episodes of that one for color and one for black and white so i hope you got a chance to check that out on youtube and the podcast again i'm putting these videos up on podcast on um on youtube so that you visually can um follow along and um, listen and watch us <laughs> deep dive into past production designs and learn You know why they were good and great and and wonderful and some weren't um steven and i he he had watched guys and dolls um and we have a pretty fascinating conversation about even the backing and that production designer and he was from the stage Miltzer, and so yeah i i hope that you're checking him out just to reminisce about these great films there's a lot of films on here that i had never seen and like Daddy Long Legs and I'll Cry Tomorrow. Just really great films that um I just am uh, so happy that I'm doing this series. And I'm I'm I think you like it too. I I hope. Uh what else? Next tomorrow tomorrow, not even next week, but tomorrow I'm gonna put out another episode with production designer Trevor Smith, who is the designer of this season of Fargo. And um, I spoke with him a couple weeks ago, and uh, I was lucky to get the first five episodes. I couldn't put the episode out today because episode five airs today, and we talk about episode five. It's, um, It's really good. I love Fargo. I have loved all of the seasons. I could rank them, but they're all good like it's just a wonderful series of you know like a mystery and quirkiness and the designs are always good some are period some are modern day um I just always enjoy and I think the acting is fantastic and this one with John Hamm and who is it is it Mayor Winningham is it Mayor Winningham no sorry it's Jennifer Jason Lee sorry I got my brag pet mixed up um she is fantastic. Wow. What a role she has in this series. So, um, if you're not watching Fargo, please check it out. And tomorrow's episode with production designer Trevor Smith. So, yeah. But, let's talk about this episode. Which is a personal one. <laughs> um, doing another episode about this uh, season 4 of For All Mankind. And I'm sharing behind the scenes of... Uh, the process with me and my buyers on the show. I had three buyers, I had uh, Ashley Rice, Katie Shirey, and Howard Warman, and um, we discussed the experience of sourcing, researching, and set dressing for sets like in space and in Mars and Russia and NASA, and um, I'm just incredibly fortunate to have these three super talented individuals on my team for this season. Um, they, Their contributions were invaluable um, and I am immensely grateful for their support throughout the season also. Um, they've got great taste, they're resourceful. And if you don't know, a set decorator has um, a buyer, which is someone who would go out, say we're doing a set, and they go out to the prop house to help shop that set, quote, shop. Meaning even rentals, so they would go to the prop house, look for furnishings, take pictures, and send them back to me. Maybe they give me a selection of say like six lamps, and I pick you know two. So it's that type of thing where they're going out and real they have to character dive you know dive because they're you know decorating for the character just as much as I am, and they're going to pull smalls or you know shoot some artwork and then I make the decisions and then we go from there but they're scheduling pickups they're working with product placement they are um working like even oh we need more frames can you go out and buy frames things like that frames are really hard to find these days and so are tablecloths since bed bath is gone that's a note um but yes I am um super grateful that they wanted to talk about this uh episode we Talk about um some specific sets and um how each of them dove into their little world characters and, and um got it all done for me amazingly. So uh again I have Ashley Rice, Katie Shirie, and Howard Warman. So I hope you enjoy. cool yeah it was i gotta say like it was really nice to see the um first episode uh on a big screen they had a cast and crew screening at the television academy and um it was really nice to see it up there and hopeful that you know people acknowledge how hard we all worked on this i think that's number one um, and by all, I mean, uh, uh, army of crew and especially, uh, you three, uh, the three buyers, Ashley Rice, say hi. 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 And Katie Shirey. Hello. <laughs> and Howard Warman. Howard. Yeah. Howard, say hi. <laughs> oh, hi. I just want to identify voices. We have four voices here for people. It's a lot. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Ashley got to go. Um, and it was nice. It was nice to see some people, and then seeing other people brought back a whole lot of memories of why the show was so hard. So, <laughs> some <laughs> was, triggers for sure. Yeah, it was, <laughs> there were some triggers in the audience, I must say. Um, and I thought the beginning of episode one was really nice how, like, you start right off into Mars. Um, this, of course, is all CGI, right? Is it digital effects or is it CGI? I don't know. Visual effects. It's visual effects in TV, okay. right? Um, I know uh, <laughs> flags and graphics are on Katie's list of must talk about. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot, a lot going on. But they did start out with our um, Mars Mission Control or Opscom up there. And um, Ashley, that was I should start with, you know, there were so many sets and so many um, perm sets that we had that I tried to divide up things so that I could stay more organized and you as buyers could stay more organized. And we kind of had Ashley in space and uh, Katie on Earth and howard was technical and buttons and spaceships and so i think that worked out like and then you know we crossed over here and there but did you guys like that did you like you know being
2: in that lane i think it helped organize i don't know yeah i did yeah did you like space yes and no i mean the challenge i mean at least it wasn't an alien planet where you couldn't get realistic things, like things that are already created and everything had to be unique, like a Star Wars land, because the thought of that stressed me out at first, but um, I liked it. Yeah. I think the challenge was, well, at the beginning when we wanted to be able, wanted to get everything that they could manufacture up there. so. Do you remember that was our goal in the beginning for everything to look like they made it, like they were able to make it right there.
1: Right. That was, there was, there was a lot of talk of like, how did they get all of this up there? How did they manufacture things? And um, I know one of my biggest hurdles and yours was chairs, Uh, chairs for space, because we had We had a long prep time on this but the actual timing of approval and then purchasing and things like that um was tight of course so uh we got a note deep into prep that there are no wheels on chairs and that sort of blew my mind because we're on mars so (laughs) how are we on mars but there's no wheels i don't get it but It made for another, you know, decision making challenge. And um, I know even in the cafeteria, you had found these phenomenal chairs and um, we wound up not going with them, right? Those-
2: No, we didn't. We don't remember the comment, but I was sad about those chairs because they were incredible. And I still feel like they were exactly-
1: They were exactly, yeah. Because then you and I- yeah, you and I started to do this whole thing. Well, like, look, well, these could look like they're 3D printed up there or... Exactly. So it really started to lend to the design that we were looking for when selecting pieces. And um, you had found these chairs. They were so great. But at first, I don't know. I can't remember. They were too busy for them. They had sort of like a honeycomb backing, but they were like flexible and they were great and you could get different um colored um, pads and the seat i forget the name of them but they were fantastic yeah. oh yeah shout out to them because we bought them all and then had to return them
2: we, i don't didn't we i don't think we returned them. i think they were the only set of chairs we didn't return from chair gate
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man where are they <laughs> I, think... I was wondering the same thing yeah and... damn um
2: if we do next season we'll find
1: out yeah well here is here's what got kind of what got handed over to us um and so even the shelvings on the wall um we had a system that um we we uh, patrick uh the lead man and and others helped uh with the assistant art directors and figuring all those out and then you know here's here's kind of our final project here which, there's a lot more lighting than we intended. There's a lot more lighting that the lighting put in. I kind of like the more dark and moody that was, I think, intentional. But the um, the desks were designed, so we didn't have to find them. But the chairs became these, like, pedestal chairs, which we had much cooler ones with wheels, purse <laughs> Um But you've had... Person? Com, right? Yes, this is Mars Opscom. I mean, you had to source all those um all those shelving pe- did you do the show? Shel- no, Patrick did the shelving, and then all of the um like digital boards back there. Howard, you did all the monitors, right?
2: Howard I
0: think I think <laughs> I think
2: you did. You did all the you monitors you did. Thank- Keyboards, but I
0: look at the yeah, all of everything. Can I say something? Yes, but when I started mid June, yeah, it took it to it took until mid September to what I when I finally noticed all your other sets, <laughs> like I I so my I'm being serious. I know it's a it, it's showing my lack of bandwidth, but I was so myopic. Well, you were I had, no, I had no idea what the fuck the three of you were doing.
1: <laughs> well, you were just button world. You were button world, and you had a lot to do, and you were given a lot of plans by the art department, who had kind of a wish list of let's do all this. And then the reality comes to you in sourcing the buttons. It's not the right button. And then electric tells you we can't light that button. And then, you know, half of their designs out the window. I think I have a, I mean, I thought. I, I think guess a... my
0: point is I really did not, I couldn't, I, I was really focused and did not know what you guys were doing for the first, <laughs> no offense
3: none once you've something that you know everybody liked kim told you that you couldn't afford it so
1: yeah i didn't know like i did a budget and i was like oh uh those boards i don't know like it should probably cost like 200 bucks or something and it was little did i know every button cost like nine dollars or something like i had no idea how to budget this this set i was so over budget i was like I was like 60,000 over or something. I had no idea how to budget this. And to be very honest, I budgeted it before the plans were done. A lot of times they want like a pre-budget and I don't even, I'm not even looking at plans or whatever. I'm just like, well, how many desks are there? How many monitors? Okay. I didn't realize those desks in the back had all those buttons and shit. I didn't realize we'd have to buy all of these server parts um, sourced yeah, from no. all over the country, you know? And then the shelving pieces um with all the boxes and everything, Ashley had uh, you know, sourced those and and the gack on the wall and I had no I was way over on this. Um oh, did they
2: let you re-budget once you have concrete plans?
1: There there what I did keep them up to date of like, hey, this is added now, or hey, I have to pay for these desks. Like construction might have built those desks but i had to pay for them and i think they turned out to be like like four like forty thousand or something i don't know it was something crazy
0: holy shit
1: yeah or maybe 20 maybe the desks were 20. but i think it was
0: closer oh that's holy shit yeah
1: and then you know getting all the wires and and putting little details in um I was kind of like taken out of it when we watched the first episode and I saw the post-its and I thought, ugh, shouldn't have done post-its because I just think it kind of looks (laughs) ridiculous. But then in thinking about it, you know, we're still, you know, straddling the line of the early 2000s and we don't want to go completely digital yet because you kind of got to save that for upcoming season So then I kind of was like, okay, it's okay, Kim. Don't beat yourself up. It's okay.
3: I would say that's um, well, two parts of something that was a challenge was the conversation of like, would they have that on Mars? Would they not? Because in the reality, we're not on Mars and we don't know what we would have on Mars. So it was right. like the- fine line of like sci-fi but not sci-fi reality, um, and so that was kind of like a never-ending question that doesn't really have an answer. Right. So that's kind of like, you know, up to personal decision. And and likewise on Earth, um, you know, it's, it's a historical, uh, you know, show. But it's also its own version of history so you know everything also is up for decision of whether or not they would have had this in 2000 or something or in their version of 2000 so it's you know you kind of never know if something's too modern or not modern enough yeah you know
1: it definitely held up you're absolutely right and it definitely held up a lot of decision making because the only people who could make those decisions were the showrunners and they were making a million decisions a day, you know, with every department. And so it, it really slowed up a lot of our buying and decision making because you don't want to, like, I just assumed there were wheels in Mars. And then that setback was a lot that we returned a lot of chairs. And then the struggle to find chairs, I had to do a whole show, like show and tell of new chairs and getting those samples in and then showing them and blah, blah, blah. Like it was a process. And the same thing, like on our earth sets of like, well, did we push the technology too far there or do we bring it, you know, bring it back a little? So you're absolutely right. There was just a constant in the back of your mind and decision-making on the show, like would would they have it wouldn't they have it who knows if they have it (laughs) who's going to tell us yes or no so yeah and sometimes it it kind of hinders your creative
3: license because it anything you any every everything like that had to be passed up to a showrunner which you know in other types of stories that's not necessary
1: yeah yeah it takes it takes a little bit of the creative control out of the creative positions. Um, one of the things I think Ashley and I were excited about were the astronauts quarters, mm-hmm. which was fun because again, I think you and I did a lot of like, well, what would you bring with you to Mars? What personal things would you bring with you? And you deep dived so much into Ed's past and what he would bring. And, um details of like the cars that he had on earth can you talk about like some of the details you you brought to him
2: uh, yes the i mean i watched all the previous seasons of course um and any car that he drove i tried to find a small replica that he could have had cuz i'm sure he misses i'm i'm sure he loves driving spaceships but you could tell in previous seasons he loved Driving his Corvette and he loved driving all those cars. And I had my husband help me figure out, watch it with me and help me figure out what car it was. Yes. Um, and he was in the Navy. So a little bit of Navy memorabilia, some photographs. Can I talk about the.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: What's that?
0: What? That's.
2: Are you going to talk yeah. about the Popeye? The Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> well, he. um. It was his son who passed away in a previous season's uh favorite toy if i remember correctly or one he just always had and i thought oh well he definitely have that up there and then they had to digitally remove it because it was a plot point and a, I mean we didn't have all the scripts
1: no we didn't it have all the a... scripts and when it came up in the meeting like oh and then uh kelly brings out the Popeye I said uh Popeye's already there and then they went back and forth of like oh you know what it's fine we don't have to have that in there but in that first episode it's not there when they do this little sweep of his photos and everything they took him out so maybe they kept that scene in
2: I guess we'll see so oops yeah went a little too deep I guess nah,
1: we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they cut it out completely. Maybe they didn't want Popeye. Maybe they... Remember we had to pay for him?
2: Yeah, which I also didn't know.
1: Yeah. We had to pay to see Popeye also, so... But, yeah. um, You gave him, if we go back, like, his hat's hanging, his naval hats. He has a tad bit of paperwork. He's not really there to work. He's just there to, like, captain and yes. not mm-hmm. get old. <laughs> He's looking for the fountain of youth up in Mars. Is my take on all of it.
2: Yeah, um family photographs. I know he misses his family, not enough obviously to return to Earth, but um there wasn't a lot of room no. in there. It's really just desk carry and a few hanging things, but it was fun. And then for
1: when Danielle moves up there, um we came up with this you know everybody gets the same amount everybody gets the same room kind of thing so we actually had to switch over this set many times into different astronauts and you know um back and forth of what do they have do they have a big reading chair uh i liked the bike um and then uh you had found that like flip down table um so that you could get more room if you needed it in there this this these angles make the room look really big it's actually really small it's only like 10 by 10 or something it's really seriously like maybe it's 12 by 12 you think maybe but um all the upholstered walls were done by our drapery wonder woman sandy summers um she did a fantastic job on that but with danielle you gave her more of, like, what has she been doing, right?
2: Uh, Yeah, and we kind of, we didn't get a whole lot of background or direction. And I was, I remember being surprised how little we knew about (laughs) Danielle's background. Um, And again, we gleaned everything we could from previous episodes, got, I think there's a Bible that we borrowed from props that had showed up in a previous season, Mm -hmm. season two maybe. Um, Tried to get everything we could. There just wasn't a lot of detail for her. So it was personal photos. Um, We thought that she went on lots of camping trips and toured national parks. I don't remember how we got that idea. but
1: I think someone had said she traveled a lot or something. That was like one note I think we got and kind of ran with it. Travel books. A lot of puzzle books and
2: Sudokus,
0: I think. You yes, there, okay. Yeah. But Remind me
2: who Laika is. Huh? Laika was the um, oh, yeah. was the dog that the Russians uh, went was the first dog in space or I don't remember if it was the first yeah uh, live being sent into space and sadly, I mean, they kind of shipped her off to space and she never returned. <laughs> but there were a lot of she was considered a Russian hero.
0: Um,
1: I, I think it also shows that, you know, you grabbing that piece of information and giving it to Danielle of how we weren't, they weren't, she especially wasn't a, like a, in competition with the Russians as much as anyone else. It was more about her and her own competition and the she, she really accepted um, whoever it was up there, just, you know, trying to get to space but yeah i mean i think character wise as little and and some of the closet doors open and we put like robes in there and she had you know feminine things and ed had like boots and his uniforms and stuff
2: but i don't know his favorite books i remember getting i don't remember what book it was maybe um we had vintage copies of his favorite was it the walt
1: women one or was that no i'm thinking it
2: was this it was an early early sci-fi one one. Oh right it's part of his
1: backstory
2: i liked the Remember the um, there was another astronaut who's had his quarters and he was yeah. into metal yeah yeah we gave him like metal posters
1: we his we only called him asshole astronaut quarters but well,
2: he, yeah he was a jerk yeah too.
0: this by the way this is the bed where i found or i saw a, a crew sleeping
2: Yeah, well,
1: that's what they, that's what people do. They put their feet up on the furniture when nobody's looking. Or when people are looking. Yeah. Howard went in to, like, look for, like, something, and he caught someone napping on the uh, bed.
0: Only because, and also, it really is very tight and claustrophobic for me. Yeah. So... When I walked in, I felt like I was two feet away from him, which I probably was. Yeah,
1: I mean this is rare. I this is I got this photo because the wall was pulled. Like if you look here, you know I'm standing right there. The wall has been pulled, but <laughs> someone sleeping in there is just
2: unbelievable. So yeah, it doesn't matter how many signs you have. Like don't yeah. sit here. Hot set tape. Some people will no. find a way to get cozy. And shit breaks.
0: Do you, do you ladies think that one day in the future, all those interiors will, can be a little be a little more color, not so gray tones and muted, like it's also gray, which is what I expect. But maybe in the future, there might be more tones that we can use, right? Well, I
1: definitely think... Um whatever the next decade incurs, there has to be a lot of aging um, on all of this. And it should be red. It should be as if the, you know, the Mars dust has gotten into everything here and there. Even if you have an airlock, it doesn't matter. I think they have to age this down a lot. Because even, like, I was just looking at um, this. Like, even though that's metal up top, it looks brand spanking new does. in person. It, it, it It's not this bright. I don't think. And on camera, it's certainly not this bright, but they really should get all, all of those corners and everything should get dusted and aged and bring it down, bring it almost to a depressing level. I think, I think though, Howard, the color is more, you know, the color is, you know, if you got a window,
2: that's the color of the room. Yeah, they, I think they really wanted to highlight that. And it does work. How long have they been at Mars, in Mars at this point? I don't remember. Like is eight. it 10 years? Yeah, it's like 8 or 10 years.
0: It's a great contrast now to see the orange with the gray tones. I'm just thinking it, it may be possible that season 7 of this show
1: mm-hmm.
0: may see some more
1: yeah. well, colors.
0: The, as far as
1: I mean, stuff. like. I mean, they play with they play with the red so much which
0: is a great contrast with the grays.
1: Yeah. And you get some sort of like purpley in there. This also was Ashley's set on Mars. Here they are constructing it. This also doubled as the greenhouse, which was Katie's right. Katie, you did the greenhouse. I forget. No, um. Katie. Yeah. this was kind of fun in the sense of like finding the right dishware, which um, you found this phenomenal. Was it micro macro? I forget the name of that type of. That
2: was it compost compostable material? It wasn't compostable, yeah. and it was. We were trying to make it look three D printed. Yeah, and the shape something yeah, three D printed, and it was kind of an angular shape that looked like it was. 3D printed.
1: Yeah, it was. They were fantastic, and um, and then finding airliner uh, carts to go underneath the counters. You found all those, right? Or was that Etsy? They both did. Yeah, yeah,
2: Etsy.
0: Oh, you bought. Oh, you found those on Etsy.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, you, Kim, you had some shipped from out of the country
1: yeah I did. I think from England I found some that were cheaper than the ones being sold in like Arizona or something um and those airline you know that we made sure like the trays fit into like the airline tray things and um I like the set. I mean, I thought it was fun. It's pretty simple and like we had screens back there. I love how the lights are aren't don't dominate the um you know, because there's so much going on up there, you don't want to, like, draw attention away from it. But I, I always like the cafeteria set. I thought I thought we did a good job in there. It was fun. Remember uh, the beginning. Uh, go ahead.
0: I kind of wish I could see the budgets for each set, Kim, while we're looking at them. Oh, Crazy.
1: can I uh, do you want me to tell you? I don't know. Can I tell you? Oh, well, somebody go on and I'll look for it.
0: I mean, just because you brought up those things from that you found in England. I'm just curious, how much did you guys spend on that stuff?
2: I don't think they were very expensive, oddly. Um,
1: no, I think they were like 800 each or something.
2: Yeah.
0: A lot of money, because I see at least 10 of them right there.
2: Well, yeah, there were a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were in pretty good condition and then paint painted them. Kim, do you remember when we were it the this was because this was where the conference room set was too yeah and they wanted the they wanted the conference table to <coughs> turn into uh like a transfer turn into the cafeteria tables
1: yeah at first they had That's designed part. these like triangular tables for the cafeteria And then if you put them all together in a specific way, it would make one like long 12 foot table. And we looked at like schoolhouse tables. We looked at that. And then it was like, well, if you really want this, you have to build it because we can't find the size. And then, you know, it's one of those things like the designer or I or you like somebody comes up with and you're like, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And then you're like, man, we're really, we really just made a rule for ourselves. That's hard to do. Like, why are we making not it harder? Yeah. Why are we making it harder on ourselves? <clears throat> so we put a lot of effort into trying to find those tables and then just realistically, like, look, this isn't going to work. Let's just find different tables. We don't. It's not in dialogue. It wasn't called out. It was just something. Some Okay. Mars commissary. Designed. Um, I spent. Thirty three thousand and I budgeted twenty five. That's not bad. That's not a bad uh, overage. you know. Well, and two, you know, I I don't think we had a full plan of this. They had to build that counter for us, and the lighting and everything. And so, you know, it becomes oh, a lot. Man. And then that becomes. They just did in in episode four. They're in the um. The garden, which which was looked really pretty, all of this green against the um, the orange sky. I thought looked really great, you know. And so we built all of these um, pieces. They were designed by the art department, and then set deck built all of these pieces out of what? Does anyone remember what that's called? Um, track U line track. I think. You uh, you something? Damn. I don't remember, but yeah. All right, Howard, let's talk about some spaceships.
0: Spaceships.
1: So this is also Ashley and Howard, uh, in the Ranger One set, and a lot of drapery, um, including those seatbelts. But um, you
0: guys did a really good job. I'm almost, I was gonna from the first photo you showed us, Kim. You guys did really did a great job, and I'm talking like because I was I had one foot in, one foot out. <laughs>
1: what you were gonna leave, <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I'm saying' because I was you know,
0: again, using I was myopic I was concerned- I was concerned with my stuff, and I really couldn't even give you guys the time of the day
1: well, concerned with your stuff, I mean, look at all the shit you had to do, and this was two yeah, this was two spaceships, plus all the monitors in every set, plus opscom, you know, you weren't twiddling your thumbs.
0: I'm I'm not saying it, but I'm.
1: It was was so good
3: to have you, Howard, because it was you were able to focus on the minutia, and I understand what you're trying to say. You you weren't focused on the big picture of the set because you were in, you know, smalls land. So, and I think that's the benefit of having someone concentrating on that, so that you know you're not having to juggle chairs and you know big pieces as well as making sure you have enough small pieces you know
1: yeah yeah Yeah. so
3: glad
2: i didn't have to do it yeah
1: i could have never done it so howard what was the process let's just let's just start with like because i had no idea how this was going to go i had no idea set deck even paid for this shit. so (laughs) i just how to go
0: oh well obviously i worked very closely with uh, my peers in the art department. I mean, I never imagined before I even came on that I was going to be working so close. Yeah. The art department. That's my first time work being with them day in, day out. Having to be at the office early. And. um, it worked it worked itself
1: out. I mean, I remember getting like one of the first plans of one of these boards and being like, yo, check this out. They already sourced all these buttons. All you it gotta is- do, all you gotta do is buy them. And then <laughs> little did we know the like obstacle of, oh, actually that button that doesn't light correctly. And we tried this out and it doesn't work. And you had to work really intricately with um one of our our um our swing guys who was doing the um 3D printing for us who was also getting plans from the art department and coming up with like little covers and everything for the buttons so you had such a trial and error with like almost every piece that you got
0: well that's the thing i i i think the plans came with the best case scenario are their dream list and then getting samples of that stuff and testing it was one thing and then you know just fine-tuning. Yeah. Yeah. It really was every day uh looking at the plans giving them options um yeah being worried about time (laughs) constraints especially since believe it or not most of my buttons and switches And even throttles came from either Japan or England.
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, and there was still, you know, issues with, from COVID with getting things quickly or shortages and, you know, that was still a lingering problem.
0: I I know you folks remember this. I bitched the first month or probably first six weeks about the gold room. Remember?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Is he fit? Yeah.
0: It's only because, you know, um if I got three samples of a of a button or switch and I couldn't couldn't find them, yeah, I was screwed. So therefore, my area of the office became my little gold room. And that's the way you have to kind of maneuver with it.
1: I mean, there's there's also you know including draper patrick there's like six or seven people buying things for this show it's the buyers it's me it's the lead man sometimes the coordinator jumps in you know the draper so packages are a plenty every single day and it is kind of like oh you know my dishes came in you know last friday where are they And the guys are like, okay, well, that's one package among like 30. And there are texts almost every day, you know, Dave opening boxes. What set is this for? This and this. So it's that's a job in itself, is just running the gold room on a show like this because it's sets coming in and out all the time. You know, if we got to jump on something, save these chairs, they're coming up soon. Like, okay. Um, You know,
0: yeah, kudos to Dave because. Yeah. He really is wonderful,
1: Dave Michael. Yeah,
0: and, and again, I can remember that. I, I mean, every button or switch we had a test with the electric. I mean, there was a lot of little nuances as far as just finding out the right button and switch.
1: Oh, so many! I
3: different
0: thought
3: different I had. Shooting. Yeah, and it and it's easier to lose a button than it is a chair.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um. The other thing that I think actually went to uh every single Bed Bath and Container Store to buy all of these, store, yeah. these um, bags. All these bags. The quilted,
2: the quilted,
1: <laughs> the quilted bags. bags. They just wanted bags everywhere,
2: and you know we didn't have time to order them. And <clears throat> just, to, I know you guys discussed this, but. You can't run everything. You can't buy everything in brick and mortar stores. And mm-hmm. You're lucky when you can buy anything, especially post COVID. And so it's challenging.
1: Yeah. I think I think great. we got, I think we did a great job in getting them all. And then Sandy strapping them up. And, you know, you, you're also struggling with, you want them to look a little bit weightless or you, that's why they're yeah. being strapped down, things like that. I think from what I saw, what appears on screen, it looks fantastic. I think when I walked the set, I was like, this looks fucking dumb.
2: <laughs> well also, were you there the morning when, before before it shot and we were still adding the specific NASA blue Velcro yeah. and also black Velcro and Velcro and stuff. And there were, it seemed like four dozen people oh. in the set. While we're dressing, prepping and trying to finish everything, still adding stuff because they wanted more stuff suddenly velcroed over here. yeah, the most traumatic um yes. morning of my life, yeah. yes,
1: there was at least forty people in this set. every department construction was actually doing something to the floor. so you almost died because this set is about ten, twelve feet off of the floor. So if anyone just like ran into set to like, Rush something in the half the floor was gone they would have died or been hurt i mean it was so hot and sweaty because there was all these people panting in this room there was you and dave and me uh, like on on our knees like the the guys trying to get those blue handles up because they didn't show up till it was, you
0: know it was they, it was i was even there to help yeah them.
1: then then you know art department came with like 35 pages of little graphics to put up little like, um, like name tags and everything to put everywhere. It was. And, the, and you had to have a mask on, so you couldn't yeah. even
3: talk, hear anybody talking.
1: Yeah. It was the worst. It was one of the worst days of my life. And it, it drove me to, <laughs> to the producers like the day, the next day to say, I'm done. I can't work like this. I can't do it. That set wasn't done. You still shot it. I told you we weren't ready. And it broke me. It because I don't want to see my crew like that. I don't want to work like this. It was so stressful. This spaceship because it took so much time to build it, and it looks great. And the details should be there. We should be able to give that to the show and the actors and everything. And I think it, you know, it's there with the time that we had. But would I? Would we? I would have killed for 12 hours alone in that set just to like really sit down and think, well, where would this piece of Velcro go? Or where does, what, it, what do they need over here? Or what actually, like we put all of those things on the back of the chairs, all the nets and everything. And <laughs> the chairs are a whole nother um, discussion, but it was a lot. And then putting the, the space suits in and then they didn't fit. And then it was just being being given those blue handles at the absolute last minute I think it was like 73 handles or something and expecting the guys to just put them on because they were designed and then they had to be made. They had to be cut all to the right sizes and then they had to be painted and then they had to be given back to us. Like It's just a process um, w- with a lot of the space stuff. And yeah, that was the worst day of my professional life, I think.
0: <laughs> so you, I, I mean, I knew,
1: I knew it was
2: you- bad, but it was chaos. So it
0: was- producers. You did go to the producers, Kim?
1: Yeah, I went and I and I I cried and I told them you broke me.
0: You cried while t- talking to them?
1: Yeah.
2: I don't know if I need
0: that.
1: And then I said you, I can't do can, this. Can, I said but... I said I'm done. I said I I told Patrick I was like I'm done. I'm absolutely done. I'm going in to talk to them. If they don't change this in some way and slow this down for us or help us, I'm out. And they said. They were actually great about it. Dia and um, Seth uh, Edelstein. What can we do to help? What can we do? I gave out some suggestions they didn't like. <laughs> and then I said, I need another decorator. I can't do this. And and that's how uh, Laura came on to help us. And a whole nother crew, a whole nother set deck crew, another lead man, another, you know, another all other swing guys, because I couldn't do all of the sets that were going on on stage and then go out to locations and give it the detail that it deserved. And I knew it. I knew it, I knew this wasn't going to be the last time that this was going to happen. And it wasn't. I mean, the whole basement turnover that comes up, the whole, everything was last minute on this. And we did a phenomenal job with the time and effort that we had and um, being prepared for it. I think without the three of you always being prepared for last minute changes and buying things like it wouldn't have gotten done. So, yeah.
0: How often does that happen, Kim, on your projects that you bring in other decorators to kind of take something off your plate?
1: The, I've only done it, um, on impeachment. There was a whole thing of the, uh, a mall. And it was a mall, and then it was a mall at Christmas. At and, Christmas. and it was like, wow, that is going to be huge. And the designer suggested, why don't we bring someone else in? This is coming up. It's going to be, you know, bits and pieces of it are going to be in multiple episodes, but we're just going to shoot it out one time. Why don't we bring someone else in to do it? It was Jamie McCall's uh Uh, suggestion and and she is the one who introduced me to laura and laura did that also so
2: (laughs) even though that mall was like less than a mile from my house in the middle of like all the white house and all of the those, all those sets were big yeah so
0: laura the godsend
2: yeah Yeah. laura is uh i i absolutely trust her
1: i think she has great taste (laughs) and um you know She's got her own buyer. She had her own buyer. She had her own lead man. It was almost like a completely different entity, but we still all had to coordinate things. And her and I would talk all the time about the sets that she was, she was doing, but yeah, that was, that, that is, uh, these are bad memories, <laughs> but it looks great on TV. <laughs>
0: yeah. So did you, so did you and Laura collaborate on the budget?
1: Uh, She or- budgeted her own sets. And then I just worked it into the overall budget and I would submit the budget. So yeah. Howard, did you have anything to do with this? The truss?
0: I can't I can't tell. Probably some little stuff, but this look I, I them.
1: these these pieces I thought looked fantastic.
0: I do too. I think so. <laughs> I think the whole show looked fantastic. Yeah. I really I do, too. Watching it on a big screen, it makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah. How about devs? You want to talk about devs? This location was phenomenal up in the Pacific Palisades.
0: Well, I bought the house originally at 1.9 in <laughs> 2010.
1: 1.9? Oh, my God.
0: Now it's worth 19. So I did well.
1: You did very well. This house... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This house that exists up in the Pacific Palisades, this location that we went to was phenomenal. Uh-oh. Like Kim? Yeah. No, this is in South Bay. Yeah, it's Pacific Palisades. I just said it.
0: Pacific, Pacific Palisades is by, Mal, is by Sunset and... Ma- oh, and- I'm
1: so sorry. I'm so sorry. What is it? Palace Verdes. Uh, I'm so uh, sorry. You're right. Thank you. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, because that's Catalina. Sorry. Palace Verdes
0: um we just got to say something what? it's this home the the architecture the location truly is like a plus and one of the few there's there's only so many homes in the world that are like this so yeah. we're in a very really spectacular house in my opinion
1: but what <laughs> we do when we come in and this is our set we make it better, as usual. Like There was a lot of other things going on in this house. And we really cleaned it and made it, you know, the the smalls that you selected up there, like, everything looks so much cleaner than what it actually was. And then um, the outdoor furniture that, you know, we put out there, making it all look cohesive of what's going on inside and outside. And um, I don't know what they needed, this weight area. I just like the view. But the desk was fantastic. That is a fantastic find because it it goes perfectly with Dev, the character, and this house.
0: Yes, if you focus this, if you focus in on it, it does. But yeah. my eyes still gravitate to the glass and the views. No matter what you're showing me as it's just Yeah. Yeah. It's It doesn't take away, that desk doesn't take away from anything about the house.
1: Correct. And that's a good design. That's, that was, uh, we got a good choice there. Um, and then monitors, of course, you're always dealing with, uh, the tech in the room, this, we had to go somewhere special to get this right.
0: Kinda, I mean, yeah.
1: Get like nice.
0: Like part of it was that Jim's that part of it was objects, believe it or not.
1: Your favorite. Yeah, I guess.
0: And um, the other sports place, I forget. But
1: I thought we got a special somewhere. I thought we went somewhere special. And then the outdoor furniture was from that new prop house.
0: At the time, they were new. Yeah. Prevalent. Prevalent.
1: Prevalent. Yeah. No, it was great. Now, everyone worked on Mission Control because it was kind of like everyone dive in for this massive takeover of Mission Control. Um, The desks were built for us. And then I mean, Howard, all of the iPads and the um, monitors, the chairs we had to buy, Katie did uh, all the stadium seating in the back. Um, yeah, this was all of us just jumping in, I think, right? Really good. Yeah, it looked really good on camera. I was actually kind of impressed with how good it looked from what we had.
3: I wish they'd shot it more.
1: I know. I think it, come, it has to be in another episode, though. So far, we've only seen it once, I think. Katie got those um, stadium seating. We redid all the stadium seating in the back. We had what it, So what? So we got them cheap, right? From Texas. Mm -hmm. they had sent a picture of what the fabric was and I was like oh my god this is perfect we don't even have to reupholster them then they came and whatever camera angle they took that picture did not read as what it really was right (laughs) and then we had to reupholster them that was fun I'm trying to remember what they came as it was like black with like rainbow stitching or something. Remember? Oh yeah.
3: And it we thought it
1: was like, ch- but they it had taken
3: to be charcoal, and then it had like the maroon, like you said, rainbow. Yeah. Up close.
1: They must have taken the picture in like lighting and farther away, so you didn't see that. But when we saw it in in person, we were like, oh shit, this isn't. So then there was kind of like a rush to get them reupholstered.
3: Well, the broker was actually in Michigan, so he was a broker and the actual location of the chairs were in Texas. So he wasn't physically by them. Right. So that's why we had kind of shoddy pictures. Um, But luckily we were able to get those recovered super quickly.
0: Yeah.
1: They um they did do one shot in there already with uh, Alita's kid. You do see them. Um, but this was a lot. This was like even all of the, you know, the little signage that says flight or deck or like any you know all all of that that came in that was like last minute kind of decision making coming in. Um, I actually hate that all of those pictures are, or all of the paper is perfectly done on the backs. I didn't have it that way, and then it was a note that came in, and then we, we made it all straight. I don't think it looks real, <laughs> that's just me. Um, but I like the papers there, I think it breaks it up a lot, I think there's too many, that's probably my fault. But like, look how nice and clean the, the first row looks without anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, live and learn. I love all the details. Um, when buying little smalls for the desks and everyone making it real. All uh, the set dressers sitting down and writing all the post its and um, you know, opening up the little um f- flight uh, encyclopedias or whatever we had for them, and just coffee cups and making it all you know look. I think it looks really good dressed and it looked it showed on camera i thought it looked really good and here we go katie eli hobson's office yeah (laughs) so katie and i uh you know this is a new character and so we asked for a character bio and it was kind of great it was about five pages long and the writers or someone really gave so much input into this character i thought it was so helpful don't you agree and i
3: do and and actually watching the
1: f- i believe it was the first
3: episode um at the beginning opening credits how they introduced his character with um his background at a chrysler plant i yeah. thought also helped yeah lay the groundwork for the viewers um you know, like where he, like where he was before he came here. So that was helpful. I thought in, you know, making his office, like he's already had, this is like his second career. He's already built up, worked at an automobile manufacturer. And, um, now he's the president or head of the NASA. Yeah. You know, just kind of sprinkling his office with like elements of his life. And I also did, you know, lots of the books of, you know,
1: yeah,
3: other great men or, you know, men in tech that have, Do have- dominated their field. I don't have
1: that I had I had, a, I had a shot of the reverse of this. I forgot to put it in. but yeah, even the I, like you said, like the photos of like the one in back there is him and Leia Coca you had that model made of the car back there that he helped design that was precious <laughs> i was
3: like yeah they had a whole storyline that he in 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 our version of of history he had come up with the first electric car um so we had they asked for a prototype of this car to have in his office and we you know, obviously, it's one of those things that doesn't exist in reality. So we had to have a model maker. Uh, you know, kind of make something. Turned out pretty cool. Yeah.
0: How much did you spend on that model?
1: I don't think we want to talk about that, Howard. I think we spent a couple thousand on it. <laughs> yeah, but it was couple. scripted, Howard. That's then. That's oh, know, whatever just, you want to do. I'm
0: about the monies. That's all. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, wow. I think it was
3: about 5000 Yeah. What? Yes. Uh, it was a lot. I mean, it was a custom, custom painted, custom, uh, you know, I ended up buying a couple models of cars online and, you know, to kind of use as the base of the, the design. And yeah. then everything else was custom built, and made. And so the, the guys, guys,
1: the guys you found to make that were like so into it. Yes. Yeah. That was a great resource. Wonderful
3: model makers that I've worked with before. Just very
1: reliable. There was also um, Danielle's shoes, which was scripted, and she calls it out in that first episode. My boots. Um, that was a big discussion. How much <laughs> moon, How much Mars dust is on them? Um, at first, they didn't like the boots. They wanted the different ones. They wanted these. Like that was a whole discussion. I think it. I think it worked out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Again, the conversation.
3: Like I think the the boots for the period correct ones that she wore during that season they didn't like. So right. it was another thing where you're making up, you know, Hollywood magic. Yeah. Also, you know, our own reality of of history. Yeah. Um there was they also changed the paint color of that set. Yeah. Last minute, I do
1: believe. They changed it two days before it we dressed it. It actually had um different different sofa and different receiving chairs and, um, we dressed it all. And then they didn't like the paint color. And so I had lighter chairs in there. We had lighter sofas and everything. And then they made the wall color, this light, almost white, creamy. And so I just felt that all, (laughs) then none of it worked. (laughs) So that was, I think a Friday to a Monday redress of uh, just finding what I could that would work. And, um, they shot it Monday. So not only did we have, you know, I don't know how two months of prep, it all came down to three days again because of last minute decision-making. And that's, that's the job. I mean, that's why, that's why we work because we can get it done. Right.
0: Where'd you guys buy your three pieces of of the wood furnishings, the desk, the creden, and then two credenzas?
1: I think that was advanced. Yeah. We bought them new from, uh, Mark distributors. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it looked good with all the cream. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it did. But a lot of this also was, um, framing around the whole new, um, office when they start to do some walk and talks in there later on, you had all of these badges and, um, everything's framed. I know you were kind of in framing hell right there, but yeah, yeah you did a lot. Well, um, you know, it
3: was, they wanted to have, we needed to have images of what NASA had accomplished. You know, each season, this series takes a big jump. So it's, you know, coming up with an imaginary accomplishments. And, and then also, you know, with props and wardrobe, and also us, we had to have a lot of badges
0: yeah. that
3: were made and approved, and you know, for each imaginary mission. So it was a lot of just keeping some of those details organized so they made sense to any, you know, I guess maybe yeah. the showrunners would know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know it took me a very long time to try to put them all together and then you coming down to like detailing out like spacing and and more colors and um it (laughs) these things take a lot of time it's a lot of detail but I think they all looked great in the offices I think it gave it a real layer of um reality because that's what they would have they really are into these patches (laughs) like it's a big thing at NASA so I think all of them turned out great and we kept the gold um frames in eli's office and the rest of the office is silver like i think we did awesome with that here's your shining star katie oh margo i mean you could speak fluent russian now right
0: no i I have to say something this is my favorite plot line in the series
1: you think i think she. i agree yeah i think she's doing a great job i mean i think because of the like accent that she has and then she's doing russian it kind of takes me out of it but i know that she this actor's like learned russian her lines so um yeah i think it is it is a good storyline and especially where it goes i think also is a good little tease but um we had to kind of uh almost exactly replicate the last scene of season three um into you know her waking up and her daily routine and everything and then um that room actually turned into her living room they plugged that wall that window wall there and then opened up the other one and you just really like above and beyond like went like to town with like russian details um you went to a russian woman's yard sale or something right
3: <laughs> yeah it was actually one of ashley's um oh, yeah. friends Ashley put me in touch uh one of her friend's mother had her family had moved from russia and she had just passed and they had were doing an estate sale and she let me come a day early and um and it was really actually so cool because they had, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, actually, the father was like an engineer, I think, or
2: something. He was an engineer or a scientist, yeah. Yeah.
3: So mm-hmm. he had just, you know, it, it, any of, I noticed in a lot of, um, you know, and this is also just in period, having a lot of books in Russia was kind of a sign of, you know, status or whatever. But it, it's very difficult to find in America, in Southern California you know, a collection of Russian books. Um, So they had that. And I was able to buy, like, all of these great books, you know, to fill her shelves with and and cooking stuff. And, you know, in in our history, Russia was very closed off to the Western world. So it, you know, we don't have, A, a lot of pictures, B, a lot of things, you know, they just, We're very isolated. Um, So it was great to have access to a lot of those items that we wouldn't really be able to have.
1: All those books up on the wall there, they're all Russian. On her desk, in those green envelopes, all of those papers are the ones you're talking about. Everything's in Russian. And it's like scientific equations and everything like that. Like This set, I think, was one of my favorites and and the patterns we got to explore i think we had a lot of discussion of like well who decorated this for her and like we didn't want to make it too like grandma but it is more dated than where we are now and we don't we said that we didn't think she picked out any of this like they'd set yeah. her up in an apartment like the night like you know to make her comfortable enough to stay in russia so Good.
0: I love that radiator centered
1: that middle of the wall. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. That radiator yeah. was, <laughs> heavy. It was, yeah. yeah, it was real. The
3: only one is the only one I could find that was radiator that you could mount to the wall that was looked right. And I remember writing on my hold tag. Cause you know, the guys never want you to get anything heavy. And i said heavy. And then I get a call from Set, from Patch, the lead man, saying, we're going to need you to find another radiator because this, this one's too heavy. <laughs> and I said, I tried. I was like, this is the only one in town yeah. that looks
1: like that, And that's and the I one was, that they used before, right, in her bedroom. Yeah. I, so couldn't, we, I was like, don't let this go. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, you know, they had done it before because we, you know, sort of rented— tried to get the same things for the bedroom and then you know they just kept that architecture in this room also so once you mounted it you didn't have to move it guys i think that was a plus you gotta look on the bright side um yeah i think her kitchen had so many details um that you had with her food and her teas and um yeah no i think and they aged it well i think um I just like it. I, I, yeah, yeah.
3: I, I also used, Um, I went online and looked at uh, current Moscow rental apartments that were like available for rent just to get my <laughs> ideas of like how they live now or just different, you know, the structures are different. The patterns are different, you know. Yeah. And we were also very lucky. We had a Russian. Um, right. A set dresser. Yes, sir. And so I went to the market and I showed him, I was like, what is this, you know, what, what are the, what are your favorite snacks? Like, what would this, what would be this, Would would be that? So that he was super helpful. He deserves a, you know, he went yeah. over and above.
1: He's in the show. He's in like episode 10 or something. It's like a guard or something. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, I also, um really wanted a piano in there for Margot since she played she plays piano and I thought, well, they could give her one luxury. And so I really wanted her to have a piano in there and we got like some Russian um music. And then there was a clearance issue. That was fun.
0: <laughs> the great upright. Yeah. Where did you rent that from?
1: Uni? Is that uni? I don't know. Uni or Warner probably. Right. Uh, or, or did
3: we get it from Sony? Sony had great oh, piano. Maybe. maybe I think we might, I think we might have gotten that from either Sony or Uni. No, poor Sony. Poor Sony. Their oh,
1: IP. IP. We tried to do as much as we could from Sony.
2: Yeah, because it was close. <laughs> we were so a red. Sony show. Did they give us a deal? I don't remember. We had a, some kind of deal.
0: Uh, we did a Deal.
2: <laughs> they weird. An odd deal, though. I remember. Um, it was a very
1: odd flat that they wanted, uh, kind of a, a very large amount for a one-hour show, I felt. Um, so I didn't, I didn't do a flat there, so I might be the cause of why they <laughs> shut down. Uh, it was too much. I couldn't give up that much, not knowing, like, what was going to come. We can't do our whole show out of Sony. It wasn't that, you know. I had to pay for Howard's buttons. I well,
0: know. you also had Jerry, who did all her sets from Sony.
1: Yeah, Jerry Kelter came in in the very beginning too, and did like the repool of Alita's house and um, Kelly's house. So we had a fourth buyer on, who Jerry Kelter, who has been on this podcast, is a phenomenal decorator and a phenomenal person, and I I I love her. Um, and she's fun. She's fun to fun to work with. Uh, I got very lucky that she wanted to just kind of sit back and and just shop and buy. And that was that was like having, you know, having another decorator in there was fantastic. And I think that's something that, Kim, you are very good at. I've noticed
3: I've worked with other people is that you keep you keep everyone well staffed and you are ahead of the ball. You don't wait until, you know. I'm drowning. (laughs) Yes. You make sure that, you know, all of us have like, you know, we're not, we have enough work, but not too much work. And if you see something you're, you pull a trigger. And I definitely commend you on that. And thank you for, you know, always having the right amount of people and the right amount of workload. And, and so it just kind of makes makes it very smooth.
1: Thank you. I, I really could not have done this with, uh, I, don't, I hate to say it, weak buyers, but I could not have done this with anyone less than the strength that you guys have and the ability to pull things out of your ass and have resources and be able to do the research with me. And um, so I, I, commendable to all all three of you and, and Jerry and even and Laura who came in and read. And um, it was a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, anyone have a favorite set? well actually you know what i you know what i didn't remember was um not that i didn't remember but our repair room
3: oh yeah i
2: did like the
1: repair room the repair room is fantastic
3: yeah there was something actually i wanted to talk about when you guys were talking about mars um as watching the show you were talking about the color palettes and stuff um i liked Even though the the astronaut quarters and everything were light and bland, the key was is as soon as you went to the lower levels, it just felt dark and claustrophobic and just, just really like the lighting was different, it, you know, it just was a, a, an interesting transition between like even even you discussing the astronaut quarters going, oh, they were so much smaller than this picture. The fact of the design makes it feel more spacious than it actually was. And down below, when you're in the bunk rooms and the cafeteria and all that stuff, you're just like, Because
1: Katie Katie did get into Mars. She did do the barracks <laughs> um, and giving each of those bunks like personality and what what are on these shelves they, they bring little games you know there's there's a lot of detail in Miles's bunks and um the locker the little lockers and everything that you you gave to them also and you're right it is much darker down there and there is a sequence in episode two where they compare Danielle's daily life to Miles's daily life and when you read it in the script, it went back and forth. Okay. Danielle walks down the hall with a great cup of coffee. Miles is in his little room with like the coffee, like dripping down. But when they showed it, it's side by side. And I feel like that was way too much information for viewers to try to compare, you know, her, her great, her, her great, um fettuccine meal in the cafeteria to his you know he's getting it out of that little like automat type thing um i i i feel like i wish they didn't do it side by side but in that side by side there is one is brighter than the other so you're 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 correct they do keep it brighter on the on the upper floors but yeah
0: i think as a viewer at least for myself i felt like when they were on the lower floors, I felt that tightness, that claustrophobia, that submarine ish. I mean, that's and that's imperative in a story. How small. The quarters are. Yeah. And how being six people living in a dorm room. Up in space. I mean, that's kind of that concept is kind of crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we get deeper we go down more levels it gets gets nasty down there so by the way
0: i love your bar up there i love
1: oh yeah that bar it's great the
0: speakeasy love it
1: i know i didn't get into that either i just plucked out a couple of the sets but we i gotta be honest i haven't seen any wides of the of the speakeasy every time i look at a scene in there that that's shown i don't feel like we see what it really is so that's why i was
0: like well maybe i don't have to talk about that but yeah well, I, I like all the sets kim i think you did a fabulous job well thank you you did Look fabulous i think kudos to all you ladies you, you really did you you impressed me very much
1: <laughs> well your
3: buttons impress us howard i'm blown away by your buttons yeah they just
0: taking from somebody who's much older than you folks has been around <laughs> A little. You got you ladies did a great job.
1: So how did you get here, Howard? Let me ask you that. How'd you get?
0: I took the ten freeway west.
1: <laughs> how did you get to for all mankind season four with me? Quickly.
0: <laughs> um, I've I've always been involved with Hollywood in one way or another, and with uh my late, may he rest in peace, he was involved with set deck, and I was involved with that a little bit and art and. But I started in casting and here I am in set deck.
1: Well, you have great taste, so I could see why. I could see how you how you got here. But it's a And he's an artist. And do you know that like four no five years ago, Howard came up to me at an STSA meeting and said, I wanna work for you. (laughs) I love that. And I said, I
0: wanna work with you too. You're fun. Kim was all smiley, happy and Only a glass of burgundy, and that's why I'm going to work with this girl. She's holding burgundy. She, she I, be herself.
1: I had I had two month olds. I was the president running a meeting, and I knew I had I knew that I was going to be leaking in about an hour, so I had to hurry up through the meeting. So that was fun. Um, Katie, how did you get here? You also have fantastic taste. I mean, I, I have no doubt how you got here. You're you're fantastic, and you're super well organized. Thank
0: you.
3: I think I just fell into it as well. Um, I, after college, I went to work at FX and did not like having a desk job and got involved in film and, you know, made my way into the art department and became a buyer. And I just, my favorite part about it is uh, the character and. And being able to tell a story without any words mm-hmm. just looking at a picture and being able to to glean you know something that's happening with either that character or the story or or anything
1: you have uh a, a really great knack for detail and character i do appreciate that a lot thank I think you. you you deep that's I-
0: an understatement
1: yeah <laughs> when you came into the, when you came into the um into the set tech office just fluent in Russian. I knew I had something special in you. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that have been fantastic? All of a sudden you just started speaking Russian and like Oh my God. Yeah.
3: And and I will say I do have a history degree. So I wow. I do love research. Um you know history is just one big story. So uh it's it's easy for me to to dive in and, and pick out pieces. Um so I I do It's one of my favorite parts of the job.
1: Yeah. I love the history, too. I love it. I love I think that's why I like um this show in that sense of like recreating a little bit of a history. And although we said like nobody really knew the answers, but we actually are coming up with a lot of it and presenting it as options for history. So that I think is is fun. Um, yeah. Ashley. Now, Ashley and I have worked together. We worked together on impeachment. So I already knew that Ashley was fantastic. And Ashley, the details that Ashley draws out of a character are phenomenal also. In, the like,
2: most fun part, I think, is really diving into the, the character. Even if nobody sees it, You, which often they don't, to be honest, you know it's there. And maybe, I don't know. The actor or show creator or even a writer that um, helped develop the character might see it and get a little thrill i don't know or oh yeah definitely i would hope that's my hope i don't know most of the time i don't ever hear it happens but... i i
1: like i, I think many, many times ashley has come with me with details even let's just say like the pens that nasa uses now and then um like like having discussions with props or having discussions with other departments and knowing that Ashley did the research or whatever thing and like standing ground with decisions that we have made, like that's always fun because you definitely get into minutia of detail and organization skills uh, which are awesome. Um that I always appreciate and especially even like impeachment too. I mean, that was another crazy one, but that was, that was the most fun. Yeah. fun.
3: And also, also I will say, Ashley, I've noticed, um, your diligence with resourcing is yeah. impeccable. Yeah, Just finding, digging and digging and digging and coming up with stuff. And I benefited from that. I was like, Oh great. Ashley's already found this. So <laughs> um, oh, I did <laughs> I mean,
0: I can totally see how Kim feels really safe and secure yeah. with Lee and Katie as buyers. Like <laughs> me, that's a dream team.
1: Well, and you, the
0: Me? You don't have to bring it back. I'm just saying I if I was in Kim's shoes and I needed two buyers, it would be a no-brainer.
1: It is. It is a no-brainer. It is. That's why I keep in touch with you guys. I don't want to lose you. <laughs>
2: I, don't know. Yeah, fun. I think we were a great team and for not really I mean I knew Kim but for none of us having really worked as a whole team together or really knowing each other I think it was amazing and I have to say I have to bring this up um, initially when uh, I don't know how much you've talked about on your podcast Kim but negotiating rates and trying to get yeah um, I haven't but all kind of our introduction to each other was started before you even started <laughs> yeah it was a collaboration with three of us to um with to petition the producers to pay us rates and get certain reimbursements for for gas because gas is expensive and kit rental and katie really spearheaded that because i was on a crazy show with jerry kelter actually who you mentioned earlier and it was wonderful but i didn't have the bandwidth to to send emails and all the proof that Katie sent with how much things cost and why we need to get reimbursed for this and why we need to get paid for this. Um, I had a little bit of background or previous experience to back up what she was saying and help prove. But she spearheaded our rate negotiation, um, which was a bonding experience, I think, for And obviously valuable because we worked really hard and I never most of the time, I never really fu- I felt like we got a good deal better than people had gotten. Yeah, I, I,
0: I give kudos to Katie because the fact that she even like showed the producers what it would cost to rent a car. I mean, she really
2: here, or like
0: you a don't teach
2: menu you. what lunch costs like. You, you don't think I'm... you don't think you have to do these
1: things, and then you do, and you have to oh, wait, do something. them on every show. Like it's it's such a it's such a like, uh, it bears down on me. Like oh, I'm gonna start this new show, and now I gotta start all this shit. Like it's the worst thing. It absolutely the is the worst because you're constantly trying to prove your value, and you shouldn't. You know, you, you should. It's enough that like I want these people for the job let's value them for this. And then there's just this always being undercut or trying to take this or like, Oh, but, but they'll give you this instead. Like there, it's not all bad, but it's just a constant negotiation. Every single show. Yeah. And thankfully the producer was open to it. um,
3: Somewhat. I mean, I definitely feel like I was diligent on it. And I will say that this, it was unusual in this situation because Oftentimes on all of all three of us were starting the same time. So usually sometimes only one buyer is, you know, start off first. And it's kind of falls on them to negotiate a rate because whoever comes after you gets stuck with that rate. So we almost had strength in numbers in that. We all wanted this. We all were going there. And once it was done, it was done. So I thought that was interesting. And, you know, also kind of being that we were all in agreement, yeah. you know.
1: And it was nothing but, absurd. It was nothing where I had to step in and be like, hey, guys, that's a little of them. Like, there was nothing. It was just fairness of like, no, these are the hours. This is the job. This is with the gas. This is, the, you know. And I, I think it's also a tool that the producers should kind of. Take back and consider back to accountants who are budgeting these shows because I don't. I think actually everything sort of stems from someone budgeting the show, and that's their job. And you know they're doing what they can, but they're not. Sometimes they just take formatted budgets from other shows two years ago, and I, I don't know. But milk, it's not the same. It does not cost the same. as two years ago, so. That inflation usually isn't like adjusted for us, and then we have to negotiate all that. And that's hard every single show.
0: It sucks. Yeah. Well, Katie can be my negotiator anytime. Yeah.
1: I bring Katie in for mine. She's fantastic. Um,
0: hey, Kim, <laughs> yeah? one question. Yeah. Out of all the shows you've done, was this one of the largest, or is it the largest? Was the biggest?
1: I spent more money on impeachment,
0: mm.
1: like budget wise. I spent more money on impeachment. Impeachment was just something I don't think I'll ever see again in, in television, especially now. Um, but this is a this is a bigger show. I, I mean, I didn't compare. This probably had more sets up front than impeachment, but um, these two, those two. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was a big undertaking. I had never done space before. I've always wanted to do space. and um, but yeah, I kind of impeachment was kind of a runaway train. I think I spent like three point four million on sets on that one, and I think this one I spent around two, maybe hey. one point seven or something. Well, the thing is, I mean, things cost a lot of money, but we actually there's not a ton to buy. You know what I mean? Like the astronaut quarters had like three chairs in there. It's the selection process and everything like that. Um, that repair room, that had a lot of gack. That had a lot. Or like every time we saw a space suit, I had to rent them as set dressing. Like there's things like that that cost money, but you know Opscom was the real money suck. <laughs> it just kept growing and growing and more and more. So I think
0: Maybe. if you if you were hypothetically to go back for another season on um, for all mankind, would you demand that set deck offices are completely separated from the art department and they don't have to work walk through our offices <laughs> in the morning? Yes.
1: The geography of our offices where the art department had to walk through our office so we knew when everyone came in. There there was another set of stairs, but they didn't seem to use them. Um, you know, I just saw on the crawl of uh, Wonka that the set, underneath the set decorator's name is, uh, the title set decorator art director. And I kind of thought, wow, that's, I'd like that. I'd like to have a set decorator art director underneath me to be a liaison. And that kind of goes through my mind of like, God, that would help. (laughs) Um, yeah.
0: I, Wait, I got one other thing I need to say. Okay. Thank you, Kim, and, oh. and thank you, to Tony, because not every <laughs> show gives you credit. Oh. And yeah. they gave everybody credit.
1: Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot of people on this show, and yeah, I'm gl- I'm glad that they do too. I, I'm glad that they recognize that because it's a lot of hard work um, in I our st- department.
3: We stopped looking for credits because I don't. I never get them. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, Howard had his framed at HSG, so maybe, maybe he'll get yours. I think you can tell that I had a great time (laughs) with those three. Um, they each had such fantastic personalities and we're such strong buyers as in they have great taste, they're quick, they're self-starters. Um, I can't recommend them enough and yet I don't want to recommend them because I want them all to myself, so. But if you are lucky enough and they are available, uh, nab them up. They're all, they're all really great people and that's what you want. You want to work with great people around here. No assholes. No asshole uh, rule that comes from a showrunner I know and others and it seems to work out so I hope you enjoyed that a little behind the scenes for all mankind I think season or season uh episode four has aired so almost halfway through the season they are definitely shuffling things around because sets that we did at the end of the season were just in episode four so uh, so yeah But um, I have plenty to talk about. If anybody has any questions, let me know. And um, yeah, so tomorrow, Trevor Smith of Fargo. I hope you're watching that. John Hamm is fantastic, as I said. And the story is great. It really goes back to the movie a little bit. Um, We talk about how his design was influenced from the first film and how they brought back elements of that in this. So um, check out tomorrow's episode also.